how did you deal with that process of that disappointment of facing it's time for a change? Honestly, not super well. Mm-hmm. I did cry in the corner quite a bit. Um, but honestly, the six months between when my hand stopped working, when I got the diagnosis, that whole period was very confusing because I had all these advisors telling me, you know, keep your practice. You can keep going. You're totally going to get back to being able to be a dentist. And in my gut, I was like, I don't think that's true. Because that moment when my hand stopped working, that previous three months, I had been hopeful that we could get this turned around. And then that moment, there was that revelation that life had changed forever. We hope that you are going to enjoy this episode of Connect, Inspire, Create, hosted by Carol and Trish. As two coaches, we invite you to connect with the wonderful guests we have on our show, who we hope will inspire you to live your life and build your business with enthusiasm and create what you desire with freedom and fresh ideas. So hi, you guys. Hello and welcome listeners. Um, and Angela, it's Dr. Angela Mulrooney that we have today as our special guest, but we're, she's asked us to call her Angela. So we will. She is popping in from Nicaragua. And isn't that exciting? We love because our website is for women and some men, mostly women who love to travel and um, love to focus on a healthier life mindset, help recenter their lives, but also grow their business. That is what we are here for. And so we welcome our listeners to Connect, Inspire, Create. We hope to inspire you with conversations with our guests from around the globe as we cover a variety of topics. And you're joining Carol, a marketing and business strategist, and Trish, a certified life wellness coach. That's me. So let's dive right in. Welcome, Angela, Dr. Mulrooney, and you're going to learn, listeners, exactly what she's all about as we visit with her today. It's lovely to have you join us, and I'm so excited that we are going to get to share some interesting pivots that you have had in your life. And I know that when I looked at, first of all, I said, you're a retired dentist turned personal branding expert, and I guess we're going to let you explain how that happened. For sure. So, yeah, originally I was a dentist. I thought that was going to be my life (laughs) uh, for the rest of my career. And I honestly started wanting to be a dentist since I was two. So it was this interesting. She has beautiful teeth, listeners, (laughs) beautiful teeth. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, So at 24, my dream of becoming a dentist came true. And I'm someone who's actually extremely shy. So in order to deal with my shyness, I worked with kids because, you know, I could just tell them stories and everything worked out well, hand them off to their parents and they would happily go on their way. Then I decided that something had to change. You know, I felt like I was stagnating in my career. And so, you know, when you make that decision that something has to change, obviously, oftentimes something will come along and this path will open up for you. And it did. I ran into an old boss of mine and he was like, you know, I'm working at this practice and I don't really want to be there. So do you want to take over for me? And I was like, sure, why not? So I walked into this broken down, like, like had nothing I'd ever seen before, the most broken down practice I'd ever seen in my life. And I fell in love with it. So I decided to buy it. The dentist was 78. I was 28. Oh, wow. He was unfortunately quite sick. He had cancer and he passed away halfway through the deal. But I had big boots to fill because he was this larger than life, charismatic person. And I was this shy little wallflower who just wanted to disappear. Wow. So I had to really 
push myself out of my comfort zone in order to survive being an owner because everyone was so used to the way that he was and the way I was really wasn't going to work. So I started forcing myself to just sit there and like stay attached to the chair and just talk to patients and ask questions. And eventually I started to be able to get beyond my own ego um, of how scared I was to talk to people. So absolutely. Those are big shoes to fill for sure. Yeah. So that carried on. I reinvented the brand of the practice. It, it became this high-end high-tech practice, even though it had had this reputation of being this very broken down practice. It became a referral hub from other dentists because of the skill set that I acquired and everything was ticking along perfectly. And then suddenly I started to have pain in my drilling hand and that pain three months after it started ended my career. Now so, let's make sure we heard that. So the listeners, you suffered pain in your drill hand as a dentist. Is that correct? Yes. Tell us a little more about that. If you don't mind, just a little more, um, sure. what caused it, what, what led you to understand that was going to, as we have in our notes, killed your, your drill hand. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it did kill my drill hand. So I started like at the end of the day, my hand would be really cramped up and I wouldn't be able to write my notes or um, even really pick up the drill at the end of the day. And so I was going to physio and they were constantly sticking needles in my arm to try and get the muscles to relax. And so three days a week, I was getting like from the tips of my fingers up into the back of my skull, I was getting needles put in to try and release the muscles. And eventually um, during a surgery, my hand actually stopped working completely. So I had a patient flapped open. It was time to suture her back up. Luckily I'd done all the hard stuff and I went to pick up my hemostat and my hand stopped listening to me. So I ended up using my left hand and had my assistant who was, she was so in tune with me. I just guided her on what she needed to do when we got the patient put back together and safe. And sadly, that was the last day that I got to pick up a drill. Um, and it took six months for them to figure out what was going on. Um, because I'm from Canada originally, our healthcare system, if you have something kind of weird or out there, it's harder to figure it out because they don't really work as a team of specialists to try and sort it out. So I ended up having to fly myself down to the Mayo Clinic. So and that's the case in Canada. That's real interesting. Yeah. I did not know that about Canada, even though they have socialized medicine, they yeah. don't work in the way the U.S. does. Okay. Okay. Correct. Yeah. If you have an emergency, if you have a heart attack, cancer, it's great. <laughs> but when you have like weird fringe stuff, uh, it's not, not as great. So anyway, went down to the Mayo Clinic and they ended up figuring it out within the first day that I had what they call focal dystonia. So what it is, is actually a central nervous system injury caused by overusing my manual dexterity. So my career, unfortunately killed my career. Oh. On that note, Angela, I'm sure that that must've been such a journey because when you started off this conversation with us and you mentioned from two, I, I I just cannot even imagine to be in your shoes because, you know, I am 60 and I still don't know what I want to do with my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. When I think of you saying that that is what you dreamt of, that's what you wanted, that's what you wanted to be, how did you deal with that process of that disappointment of facing it's time for a change? Honestly, not super well. Mm -hmm. I did cry in the corner quite a bit. Um, but honestly, the six months between when my hand stopped working, when I got the diagnosis, that whole period was very confusing because I had all these advisors telling me, you know, keep your practice. You can keep going. You're totally going to get back to being able to be a dentist. And in my gut, I was like, I don't think that's true. Because that moment when my hand stopped working, 
that previous three months, I had been hopeful that we could get this turned around. And then that moment, there was that revelation that life had changed forever. Can um, I ask you something quickly right on those lines, if you don't mind, because Carol's question is a good one. Sure. For our listeners, um, Angela, what is that transitional period like? Because we all know, I know that all of us know, we're getting advice from people we very much value and trust and we want their opinion, but it's varying advice. It's go forward and then it's, holy cow, don't go forward at all. May I ask you, as you answer Carol's question of what was that time like, how did you come to hear yourself and your answer? How did you come to take all that outside advice but know that how you needed to go forward and listen to yourself? It honestly took about two and a half years for me to really listen to myself after the injury um, because I just, like, I hadn't been through this before. So I'm talking to advisors, I'm talking to previous dentists who had been through it as well. And they're like, well, you know, you have this business, you have this reputation, you can keep this practice going forward. And so I was hanging on to that while having this war inside me that this wasn't right for me anymore. Um, but I also was looking at it going, you know, my life just got <laughs> turned upside down. My whole, what I thought was my fate disappeared. And so I felt like these advisors had my best interest at heart. And so I, I really did try to take their advice to heart. Um, there was lots of unsolicited medical advice as well, of course, because if people are like, oh, you should try this, try this vitamin, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, please, please stop. <laughs> so that was a little bit easier to the walk opportunists out. abound. <laughs> yes. Yes. And honestly, like their advice was from a good place, but it was also not, not really that helpful. And, uh, I was able to tune that out more easily than I was able to tune out what was happening with my, um, advice that they were giving me as a, as a clinician. So I, what I did was eventually we had another economic crisis. I'd bought the practice during the global financial crisis. And then the oil crisis happened in 2015 and I was in Calgary. So it was completely oil-based. Can we and, stop and just say resilience? Yeah. Resilience <laughs> right there. Yeah. Hard-earned resilience. And so when that happened, I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Every day I walk into the practice, like it's like this scab on my heart is being torn off. And I just it was time for me to pass the torch. And so um, I actually sold my practice for half of its value because I could see the economy tanking super fast. And everyone's like, you're leaving so much money on the table. You're leaving all this opportunity on the table. And I'm like, that you know what? That is the hardest stuff to hear is other people's dreams yeah. on you. <laughs> it's hard. Yes. That's interesting. Other people's dreams. That's very fair. Um, I wish I had known that back then, that that was what I was hearing was other people's dreams. But yeah, I decided it was just, this was the right thing for me. And the day that I handed over the keys to the practice, it was like this albatross that I'd been carrying around my neck that was getting tighter and tighter suddenly was just gone. And everything, um, I could, I could start seeing color again. I could see, you know, I could smell things. I could feel things. Like I didn't realize how shut down I had been from just trying to like one foot in front of the other every day, trying to get through this and do what everyone was telling me to do instead of listening to what I needed to do. So well, let's switch to transition here. Carol, why don't you go ahead? I was going to say you had two options and one was A and you chose B. Go ahead, Carol. 
Well, I was just going to say, fast forward to where you are now. I guess there was a, a time that you chose to leave where you were. Uh, did you become independent and freelance or did you pick where you wanted to move to? Uh, the the eight years after that happened have been just a massive experiment in what to do with the various skills that I had. Um, actually, I, after I sold my practice, I built my professional dance company and everyone thought that I had run away to join the circus if they didn't know that I was already a professional dancer. Um, so that was interesting. All these rumors went through the dental community that had lost my mind. And then that year away of building that company allowed me to start to have some insight into what I'd gone through and like maybe why I'd gone through it. And I realized I had learned some interesting lessons, <laughs> some interesting, um, that could benefit other people as well that could actually help people to have an easier time in practice. So I started getting on LinkedIn and talking about how to niche in your practice, how to uh, really lean into your passion. And by doing that, I started to have people ask me like, how did you gain so many followers? Because in a year, I went from 200 to 12,000 industry followers on LinkedIn. And so people were like, in is one there year. a magic formula? Can you share this with me? Can you do this for me? And so I started dabbling with a few friends' accounts. Yes. And was this dance related or were they following you for the business? They were following me from the dental community. Gotcha. Your gotcha. support. And because I love that. I know that you, one of the questions I had wanted to ask you, and I am. Um, I love LinkedIn, so it's also my favorite platform. Yeah. And you talk about personal branding strategy, and I, I can just feel that you are you're so authentic and so straightforward, and that's so important in personal branding. But I guess I'd love to ask for you to share. You said LinkedIn has become such a powerful platform, and I do agree with you for experts to build on. But what are you? What is your take? What do you tell people when you're helping them build their their platforms on LinkedIn? What is what is your why? Well, what I really want them to figure out is, you know, how do you get past yourself? Because a lot of very talented experts are like me. They're naturally very shy. You know, you stick them in a room with people and <laughs> they're up against the wall, holding their hands and just stressing that they're going to have to talk to someone. And so the idea of putting them on camera and having them showcase themselves to the world is not a comfortable proposition. And so what I really like to do is help people to not have that difficulty that I had. So make it as comfortable as I can to help them to take that expertise, that brilliance that they have, that they can change the world with and actually change the world with it because people can actually find out what they're about. And at first, a lot of them get really nervous about leaning into who they actually are. You know, so if they have an accent. permission and confidence and courage? Is it about permission as well as... because? Listeners, as, as Carol and I look at Dr. Mulrooney, at Angela, honestly, my take, I've never seen her, never met her, never met you before, um, Angela, beautiful, elegant, not shy, confident, <laughs> intelligent, even loving. I mean, I just feel this confidence and that you're, you're open. You have an open heart that's encouraging. So I guess my question is for, for our listeners and for Carol and I, how did you do it? Is it where, what did you pull from within you? So it, it was again, another journey. And I was given this terrible advice when I started getting on camera. And that was that I needed to blend in before I stood out because like I have the side of my head is shaved on both sides. I don't look like a typical dentist. Uh, my patients actually used to be like, Oh, you're such a badass. And 
so I was told to blend in before I stood out. So I parted my hair, covered up the shave and spoke conservatively because I was looking at the other leaders in the community and going, okay, well, this is how they're operating. So I've been told to blend in. So let's, let's be like them. And I got more and more uncomfortable with myself. And eventually I just got to a point where I said, screw it. I'm just going to be me. I'm going to put my hair the way that I like it. I'm going to speak the way that I speak and see what happens. And that's when that increase in followership actually happened. So the fact that I was a rebel, the fact that I was considered a badass was don't hide. Don't hide in the crowd. Exactly. Don't hide. Yeah. Yeah. And for my clients, a lot of it is they, especially they're professionals. And so they come with this expectation. You have to be a professional. Which really the baggage. <laughs> the it's, baggage. It's baggage and it's not well defined, but it's something like even us in dental school, we were told when you get out there, you have to be professional. But they didn't tell us what being professional actually means. And really, it means you have a professional degree. It is and not is it like. Is true that dentistry is known to be like a layman like myself? Dentistry is considered to be one of the most highly stressful jobs, probably because of the bar that you've all been taught to set way up 30 feet in the air. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. The bar is really high. We're expected to do perfect work and we expect ourselves to do perfect work. Like if the little margin between the tooth and the filling isn't perfect, we lose sleep at night. That's how how stressed out we are. And then you of course have patients telling you, I hate the dentist when they walk in and you're like, you don't even know me yet. (laughs) How can you hate me? This isn't fair. Forgive me. Forgive me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's very guilty as charged. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. So a lot of the people, you know, they have those expectations of themselves. They want to be perfect. And when people are trying to be perfect, they are really held back. They have this, this wallop and they have this facade and it's easier to hide behind the facade of perfection because if someone doesn't like it, it's outside you. And all your magic is who you are and you're withholding all that magic by living that facade, right? I'm just learning. I'm just doing this aha for myself and listeners. Everything you're holding back is your magic. Holy cow. Uh, I'd love to ask you, yeah, we talk about the brand archetype. Have you pivoted? Have you changed? Are you working with a broader market now? Have you moved away from dentists? Yeah. So dentists really aren't my, my clients because most dentists don't want to get on camera. They don't want to be thought leaders. So I work with a lot of people who are in the dental industry who are helping dentists. And I work with entrepreneurs, speakers, um, very much outside of dentistry as well. But they're all within the professional realm. So it uh, there's still that thread. And I'd love to know, how do people work with you? What, what are you, um, do you offer packages? Are they one-on-one consults? Do you have courses that they can sign up for that are online? I would love to be able to just give you an opportunity to share all of that so that we can add that as well to the show notes and also to tell us where the best place is to find you. And then I'd love to know more about Nicaragua, but we don't have time. It's the travel heart in me. But tell us more about how people can work with you. So if you have a service or a product that you want to get out there, you're my ideal client. If you are willing to put yourself out there, you're my ideal client. And a lot of people will actually start with my online courses. So I have one, which is called LinkedIn Level Up, which takes you through not just the nuts and bolts. That's a very small part of LinkedIn, but actually building your personal brand, using your brand archetype, building your buyer personas, how to you know use the, the platform to the max while making it very much about putting yourself out there. I have Captivate, uh, which is a 
video content, uh, podcast content, speaking in a boardroom, how to actually be captivating to your audience so that you are that expert, but you're also that entertaining expert that people are engaged with. Then once people are done those, they'll typically run into a 90-day program where we work one-on-one. We go into a deep dive of their brand archetype, their buyer personas, um, and then we thread that through everything that they're doing. So we build out the foundation of their brand. We build out the content. We build out the topics that they're going to speak on and then get them out on the platforms that they need to be on. So LinkedIn, podcasts, speaking from the stage, speaking to um, boardrooms, pitching, all that stuff. That is fabulous. What a journey. It's it's so perfect because they get a chance to meet you, learn a little bit more, and then take the next step and then take the next step. And I want to encourage listeners that often people want to reach out and try and find a brand new audience. And often your audience is right there as part of the clients who've been working with you. And you are journeying with them. So they start off at a point and then you take them to the next level and then the next level. And yes, there will be new clients who come in, but don't forget your existing clients that you can journey alongside them. Good point. Absolutely. Good point, Carol. So Angela, what can you give us an example of uh, what's a great story? What's a great success story with, with one of the folks that you brought through that transition that you yourself went through? That beautiful, you know, transition from hiding who you are to putting everything, all of your skills and uniqueness out there. And as it turns out, succeeding hugely. So one of my clients, he's a specialist in dentistry and he has, he still has a brick and mortar practice. He started with a brick and mortar practice. He still has it, but he has specialized in a niche in dentistry and wants to speak from the stage. That's why he came to me. And so it has allowed him to actually build out a secondary practice that's specialized in that niche, as well as be speaking from the stage, getting hired in, running his own courses. It's added an extra six figures to his income stream. And part of the reason he wants to do that too is he wants to be able to do what I've done, which is you know no longer rely on brick, on brick and mortar, be able to be anywhere in the world, be able to do his work and have that income that is consistent. So it is a formula that can make your dreams come true if you are brave enough to put yourself out there. How long did it take? Sorry, Carol. He's been working with me two and a half years. So by, by about six months in, we were already starting to see the progress. Um, and he wasn't able to put in a whole lot of time. So it was a little bit slower progress because he had that full-time job. Plus he's trying to build out this other venture. Um, but now He's got it up and rolling. He could leave his brick and mortar anytime and be able to carry on with his other, with his, what was supposed to be a side business is now a full-time opportunity to just go and live his dreams. Angela, I think this is so wonderful because you're living your dream as well. And I wanted to say thanks. Thank you for coming and sharing with our audience how you can have your life turned literally upside down, (laughs) inside out. And to be gentle on ourselves, to take that time, that there's seasons in life and we can move into something else. So I'm so pleased that you found that special way to interact with the people that you want to serve and help in the world. And I just love that. So I once again want to say thank you. And all the notes we will have of where to find Angela, how to connect with her, how to work through her programs that she explained will all be with us in the show notes. And so that are here with us today. Thank you for listening. You have joined the trio of ladies and I am Carol Clegg, a marketing consultant, 
and strategy coach supporting female founders around the globe. I offer consulting packages tailored to give you the support you need to create the business life balance you want. Feel confident making future decisions for your business and take time to travel. My upcoming business mastermind retreat to Portugal is in September this year. And you can find out more at carolclegg.com. And I'd love to hand the mic to you, Trish. Well, I am the local Montana girl building the log home. And when I hear Nicaragua and Portugal, my dreams, it's its there on my bucket list. And Denmark, as most people know, Huga, Denmark and Huga. I'm Trish. I'm a certified life coach with a focus on the great trifecta that is our mental, emotional, and physical life balance. Um, you can learn more at healthylifemindset.com. And before we go, um, thank you so much, Dr. Mulrooney. Thank you, Angela. And can you give us your website again? And then we'll also put it in the show notes. Sure. It's unleashinginfluence.com. Unleashinginfluence.com. Wonderful. Great. Well, thank you again. It was just a delight to have you.